When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. ESPN. This is Bet LA with Anita Marks on 710 ESPN. Previewing all the NFL game odds to get you ready to wager each week on all the NFL action, college football, plus all the local teams and NBA action later this fall. This is Bet LA with Anita Marks on 710 ESPN. And tonight's edition of Bet LA with Anita Marks is made possible by Tiza. Get more focus and energy in your daily life with Tiza nutrient pouches. Visit TizaEnergy.com and make your mouth happy. Bet LA with Anita Marks on 710 ESPN. Bet LA with Anita Marks right now. Welcome back to Bet LA here on 710 ESPN LA. We've got uh, NHL taking a little break down there in sunny South Florida. For their all-star weekend and greg wasinski aka the puck daddy joins us here on bet la uh to talk about the all-star weekend which he's at and of course some nfl futures heading into uh, the second part of the season so uh greg welcome in great to have you on the show how you doing how's florida treating you <laughs> it's treating me right i i had the perfect experience as a new yorker leaving for florida which is i left uh brooklyn this morning and it was covered in snow and then I got on a plane for Fort Lauderdale, like like a true snowbird, I guess, uh, from New York. So it's uh, it's only appropriate that I hit Florida right after, right after the first uh, discernible snowfall in New York City this year. It's uh, it's 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 unbelievable, right? You jump on a flight two and a half hours two and a half hours later, you're like you're in unbelievable weather. So so uh, before we start talking about some of the futures bets, share with us, you know, what's what's All Star Weekend going to be like? Uh, what are the festivities? What can people wager on? Well, you know, it's fun. I, I, I look back at the All-Star game from about 20 years ago. I saw a clip on YouTube. And I, at one, all the players look like they're about 60. I don't know why. They all look like they're very old. <laughs> but, but now you've got a whole thing in the NHL where the players, like the star players in this league are between the ages of like 22 and 26. So it's a younger group. You still have some of the veterans like Ovechkin and Crosby that come to these games. But it's a young, energetic group that really infuses this whole weekend with a lot of energy. As far as the wagering goes, you know, you do have the three-on-three mini tournament that they play on Saturday at the All-Star game. Each conference has, you know, the two divisional teams. They play three-on-three. Um, I'll tell you one, one interesting experiment is I believe the Atlantic Division uh, doesn't have a defenseman on their roster, so they might just be go, go, go if you're looking for a team to really put up some goals at this thing. Um, but uh, the skills competition on Friday night is going to be a lot of fun. And, and that's also, if you could find uh, odds on some of those events, it could be interesting. The participants as of uh, late Wednesday were not out yet, but keep in mind, uh, you know, some of the participants you might see for fastest skater, for hardest shot and things like that. Um, I will tell you that there are a couple events that uh, probably aren't going to be on the books because they are uh, pre-taped. Uh, one involves a combination of hockey and golf. And another involves, I kid you not, a dunk tank like you might see at the carnival where the players will be shooting pucks at the target to see if they can dunk 
uh, their friends and opponents. So it's a real, real fun weekend if you've got a chance to check it out. And it's all on uh, ESPN and ABC. It sounds like a lot of fun, and, and you'll be right in the mix. <laughs> so that's great. All right. Uh, well, this is a gambling show, so I, I really I wanted to bring you on uh, to talk about some of the, the futures odds that are out there that people could jump on right now. And let's start with the, the, the Big Bang, right? And, and that is who you think is going to win the Stanley Cup. Um, you know, obviously, everybody would say Boston, they're favored, they're plus 450. Uh, you know, they potentially could, you know, break the NHL record for most wins. Uh, they're teetering somewhere around 65 in most points. And again, they're teetering right around that. The most points scored, 132. They're around 133, 134. Uh, so your thoughts, your thoughts on who, if, if anybody can upset the apple cart and beat Boston, who could it be or, or no one? <laughs> Well, there's three kind of longer shots that I have my eye on that I find interesting um, if, if you don't want to go with the chalk. And again, right now, the Bruins are a machine. Uh, mm-hmm. as, as you said, it's, it's, I mean, you know, the smart money with me would probably be to back them at this point. It'll prove it otherwise. But um, from the Eastern Conference, the New Jersey Devils are uh, plus four, uh, 1,400 right now. Like, they're an interesting choice only because um, sometimes you have these teams that just come together at the right time. And, and the Devils, they're young. There's not a whole lot of playoff experience there. A lot of people say they may lack the toughness to really get through a playoff series. But I'll tell you, I haven't seen them enough this season. When they get going and they play their game, they're very, very hard to beat. They, they're, they're like Boston in the sense that they can dictate how a game is played to their opponent. And that's a rare thing for a team this inexperienced. The other two teams I wanted to mention, the Edmonton Oilers, who were my cup pick before the season, I still don't know if they have cup-quality defense in them, but they do have Connor McDavid, the best player in the world, who's on pace for 150 points, the highest point total we've had since Mary Lemieux and back in 95-96. And they have Leon Dreisaitl, right now second in the league in scoring. Those two guys combined, at some point they're going to drag one of these Oilers teams to the cup, and, and this could be the year. And then the other team, too, is the Dallas Stars out of the Western Conference. And, and they're not the top choice. They're kind of lingering in back of Colorado and Vegas and a couple of teams. If you talk to people around the league, they, they're, they're picking up a lot of fans as far as uh, pundits and, and insiders that think that the way that they play, the way that they're organized, their depth and their goaltending is good enough to maybe take home the cup this year. So they're kind of the emerging dark horse, I think, in the Western Conference. And, and their odds are still really long. So again, as I said, Boston plus four fifty. Um, Edmonton is at four to one. Dallas, the Stars, they are at fifteen to one, and New Jersey, the Devils, they are sixteen to one. Just FYI, divisions in the Pacific. Um, the Kraken, I love that name. The Kraken are favored at plus one fifty five. Is that who you're rolling with? I still think the Oilers have a run in them to win that division. Um, they're, they're starting to pick up steam a little bit. They're getting better goaltending. That's going to really be the, the thing that makes or breaks Edmonton is whether they can get both their goalies going at the same time. The Kraken, you know, they're a team that hasn't really faded yet. Their depth is as forward is one of the best in the, uh, the Western Conference. But at the end of the day, they've been able to kind of do it a little bit of smoke and mirrors. You know, one of their goalies, Martin Jones, uh, has kind of saved their bacon by just by being pretty good, by being competent. He's not been great. He's been competent. And, and sometimes you have to wonder whether that's going to last throughout the entirety of the season. I, I still think at the end of the day, the Edmonton Oilers can win this division. I will tell you, though, and this is significant news for those who might be looking to back the Vegas Golden Knights, 
uh, Mark Stone, who is um, arguably their most important player, a winger who uh, scores goals, one of the best defensive players in the league, and, and really the heart and soul of that team. He had back surgery uh, um, on Tuesday, and he's going to be out for an indeterminate amount of time. Uh, in the time that he's already missed, they've, they've looked like a shell of themselves. So if you're somebody who might be looking at Vegas as an option in the Pacific, I'd, I'd back off them now because they are really, really impacted by the loss of Mark Stone. As I said, the Kraken, they are plus 155. Oilers are plus 240 to win the Pacific and the Golden Knights are sitting at 4-1. to one. In the Central, you talked about Dallas could be a sleeper to win it all. They're favored by 140, minus 140 to win the Central. You've got the Avalanche at plus 380. Um, obviously, you're hearing great things about Dallas. At, at minus 140, laying 140 to win 100. Every, for every 140 you lay, you win 100. Uh, you know, is, is that worth it, those odds worth it to you to, to, to still play this before this line goes up? <laughs> well, like I said, it, it's kind of been them and Winnipeg sort of jockeying for position um, at, at the top of the Central Division throughout the season so far. And, and that's only because Colorado, um, who was favored to win the Central, has been just beaten up by injuries throughout the season. Now, Colorado is, is a good amount of points in back of both Dallas and Winnipeg right now in, in the case of of, uh, of Dallas, I think they're about nine points off the pace. But if you can get odds on Colorado, uh, they really put the pedal down. I think they won seven of their last eight games. Nathan McKinnon, their star center, came back from injury. He's been absolutely rolling since then. They're going to start getting a little bit healthier. Um, and, and this is a team that you know could put together six, seven, eight, nine straight wins in a row to climb up the standings. So I'm not, I'm not counting them out quite yet as far as their ability to maybe rock it up and, and, and challenge for that division lead. That being said, I, I think the smart money is probably on Dallas here. I think at the end of the day, they'll outlast Winnipeg and Colorado to win the division. Winnipeg plus 550. In the Metro, um, the uh, Carolina Hurricanes favored minus 450. Too much juice for me. I mean, I make solid money, but not like <laughs> that. Uh, you love the New Jersey Devils plus 380. Rangers 16 to 1. Yeah, I, I, it's not going to be the Rangers. <laughs> I'll say that. Um, you know, the, the thing about the Hurricanes right now is that they're starting to really flex on that division. The Devils mm-hmm. are, are, have had a great year. Um, I think they're going to be competitive, and I think that the best news, if you're uh, someone who looks at the Devils at, in this spot, is they weathered a, a pretty bad stretch of hockey to come back and start really kind of finding their game again. Um, and, and maintaining that pace it's gotten them to be second in the division. But, I mean, Carolina, again, a winner tonight. They, they just seem like they're starting to kind of find their stride as being that other juggernaut in the East. I mean, Boston's gotten all the accolades, but here's the Hurricanes kind of lingering in that other division as a potential cup champion themselves. And they're really asserting themselves right now in that division, and I don't think there's any reason to, to believe that they won't win it. Last but not least, um, you know, obviously the Atlantic and just ridiculous what you have to lay to, to, to confirm <laughs> that, that, that Boston's going to win that. Uh, not even worth the time of discussion. Um, the odds of these five teams making it to the playoffs, some solid odds, okay? Islanders 3-1, to one, Predators plus 145, Washington minus 115, the Panthers plus 130, and, and Buffalo plus 250. Would you play any of those? 
Boy, Buffalo feels like a heartbreaker. They're, they're a great story. They've made a real push. They're another team that went through the doldrums and then rallied back to make it a season. And, and I think they're the sentimental favorite. They haven't made the playoffs, I think, since 2012. Uh, so it's been a pretty long time. Uh, so they're kind of the sentimental pick. But of that group, the one that intrigues me is Florida. They've not really gotten on their game completely yet this season. They've, they've been carried by... Uh, Matthew Kachuk, who they acquired from Calgary uh, last summer, he's been by far their best player. Some of their other players really haven't found their games, found their stride. But that's the kind of team that I think could put together a good streak uh, to make be, maybe threaten for one of those wild card spots. The Islanders are, are intriguing only because uh, they went out and made themselves the first big trade of the NHL season. Bo Horvat, the captain and 31 goal scorer for Vancouver, was acquired by the uh, the Islanders earlier this week. He fixes, in theory, a lot of problems this team has. But as we stand, they still only have an 11% chance of making the playoffs. They've got some some really, uh, you know, a lot of room to make up in those standings. I'm not convinced that he's going to be able to be the guy that fixes it. So of that group, the Panthers intrigue me most. Um, I, I, don't, I don't know if I'm, I'm buying the idea of the Islanders making the big rally this year. Any final thoughts before we let you go? Any other futures bets you're on? <laughs> well, one of the things to talk about is the MVP race. Um, and so Mc, Connor McDavid, obviously, like we talked about, is, is incredible. He's going to you know, uh, have upwards of 150 points. But there's a thing that happens in, in MVP voting in the NHL you have to keep in mind, which is that if for some reason the Oilers don't make the playoffs, the voters do have a thing where sometimes they're not going to vote for a guy if his team doesn't make the playoffs. It's how they measure value. If he misses, all of a sudden, Jason Robertson of the Dallas Stars, Jack Hughes of the New Jersey Devils, they get interesting. And the most interesting, Anita, would be if the Buffalo Sabres do make the playoffs for the first time in over a decade, and if their star center, Tage Thompson, remember the name, Tage Thompson, is their leading scorer and the guy leading that charge, I've long said he's the only guy that really has the narrative and stats case to maybe take on McDavid if the Oilers miss the playoffs. So just keep those names in mind and that scenario in mind. But if the Oilers make it, I think it's probably McDavid in a slam dunk. Wow. So, uh, Thompson, 15 to 1 odds right now. You could jump on that. Uh, Greg, you rock as always. Enjoy All Star Weekend. We so appreciate your time. Thank you so much, my friend. Anytime. Thanks for having me. You got it. Greg Wyshynski, make sure you follow him on all things social media. Um, one of the best in the business, especially here at ESPN, uh, with all your NHL coverage. You're listening to Bet LA here on 710 ESPN LA. We'll be back with a lot more getting you ready for, uh, for this weekend. A lot going on. NHL, NBA, college basketball, and, uh, and definitely a look ahead to all things Super Bowl. 710 ESPN LA. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is Ben L.A. with Anita Marks on 710 ESPN. Made possible tonight by Tiza. Get more focus and energy in your daily life with Tiza Nutrient Pouches. Visit TizaEnergy.com and make your mouth happy.
Now more of Bet LA with Anita Marks on 710 ESPN. Welcome back. It is Bet LA. 710 ESPN LA. And so um, two big storylines this week that happened. Uh, one was the Denver Broncos gave up a first round draft pick in this year's NFL draft and a second round draft pick in next year's NFL draft to acquire Sean Payton from the Saints to come in and, and, and quarterback, uh, to help their quarterback, I should say, to uh, be the head coach and help their quarterback, Russell Wilson, turn whatever mess he became around. Um, uh, the, uh, and, and of course, we, we're, we're going to have Jeff Legwald, who's going to be joining us on the show this hour as well. So I'm excited to get Jeff on. And the odds for the Denver Broncos to win the, the Super Bowl next year, 30 to 1. Uh, listen, I'm not playing those, but I'm really intrigued to see what the win total will be for Denver heading into next year. If it's somewhere around like six and a half, seven, I might play the over. Why? Because I just, I love Sean Payton. I think Sean Payton is one of the best coaches in the NFL. And um, I played quarterback. If you're listening, you don't know. I played women's professional football for five years. Quarterback. Man, I, I, would, I would do anything uh, to, uh, to, to be coached by Sean Payton. Man, I'd love to work with that man. So, I'm excited uh, to, to see what, what Denver is going to reel out. The other big storyline this week was, or I should say today, earlier today, is um, Tom Brady announcing his retirement. And he put it up, a, a video up on his social media platform. Guys, I believe we have it. So, uh, so let's listen in. If you haven't heard it yet, this is, this is Tom Brady announcing his retirement on his own social media platforms. Good morning, guys. I'll get to the point right away. I'm retiring for good. I know the process uh, was a pretty big deal last time, so when I woke up this morning, I figured I'd just press record and let you guys know first. So I uh, won't be long-winded. You only get one super emotional retirement essay, and I used mine up last year. So uh, really thank you guys so much to every single one of you for supporting me, my family, my friends, my teammates, my competitors. Uh, I could go on forever. There's too many. Thank you guys for allowing me to live my absolute dream. I wouldn't change a thing. Love you all. So that was it. <laughs> I mean, like, like, I don't like, and I get it. Like last year was like the whole kitten caboodle and and then he's uh, psych i'm coming back i have my own opinion in regard to what happened there i don't i don't believe that tom brady was was ready to retire last year i i think a few things were going on um and in one obviously was you know what was going on in his own personal life with his wife and and as we know since he is he's gotten re- he's gotten um divorced um i just here you know here's the thing and, and and by all means brian and tyler please chime in i just for some for somebody who who a number of people call the goat because i don't but a number of people who call the goat to end in this way like don't you think that there's something about 
walking away from the game on a high note. Don't you think there's something about like John Elway, right? Like, don't you think that there's something about walking away from whatever sport you play where a lot of people feel that you're the best that ever played that position, that sport. And, um, and, and that's what we'll remember. And don't get me wrong. I'm sure a number of people, 10 years from now, 15 years from now, people are going to remember Tom Brady and his, uh, his, uh, Patriot years. I'm not denying that, but man, this this season was was pretty bad. I think um, I think he had such a nice send off after he first announced his retirement. He had he had everything that you would expect somebody of his caliber to receive on their way out. You know, he got his his videos. He got teams giving him you know memorabilia the the usual you know cookie cutter method of sending Mm -hmm. somebody like him on their way away from the game i think him coming back to the game was a mistake um and i just don't he did he did he did win he did win a super bowl i still think i just feel like it was a mistake i really do i think if i think he should have ended his career in new england and just kind of closed the book there i think him. so so i so i agree with you i agree with you and but again like you know he he did win a super bowl with with the tampa bay bucks but it doesn't even like it's not the same to me to me it just it 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 doesn't i I, 10 15 years from now i'm not look back and go oh don't forget tom brady went to tampa and won a super bowl here, here's, here's my, here's my thing with Tom Brady, right? And it, it's interesting because I, you know, I've been hosting sports talk radio for several years now in Miami, in New York, now here in LA. And, and, you know, if I'm critical about a team or if I'm critical about a human being, I have, I have, I have listeners who call in and say, why do you hate this person? It's, I don't hate. I, I, I have a, I have a, here's what I do hate. I hate that we as a sports society put so much value and so much weight on championships in team sports to dictate who's the greatest of all time. Because let me tell you something. If Kyle Shanahan would have run the football as opposed to pass the football when the Atlanta Falcons were up by a gazillion points, Tom Brady would not have won another Super Bowl. If Pete Carroll would have handed the ball to Marshawn Lynch on the one-yard line, Tom Brady and the Patriots would not have won a Super Bowl. So, uh, you and 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 a number of the Super Bowls that the Patriots have won, a lot of them have been because of their defense. So I just, I have, you know, we sit here and, and there's so many, and, and listen, I'm Brady is a phenomenal quarterback. Phenomenal. Will I rank him in my top, my top five? Absolutely. I, I, I think you can make a strong argument that Tom Brady is definitely ranked in the top five, but to say that he's the greatest of all time, I have, I've been in this business a long time. I've spoken to a number and have been quite friendly with a number of DBs, corners, safeties in the NFL that are in the Hall of Fame right now. 
And I have asked them, do you feel Tom Brady's the greatest quarterback you've ever played against? And every single one of them says no. Every single one of them. I haven't had one outstanding DB who plays, who's, who's now, who has played against Tom Brady and who's in the Hall of Fame say to me, oh, Anita, absolutely. Tom Brady's the best quarterback we ever went up against. Not one. And I've spoken to, I mean, I've been in this business a long time. I've spoken to several. But, but, but society, oh, Tom, here's another thing. Tom Brady played for the Patriots who went up against a horrible Buffalo Bills team, a horrible Miami Dolphin team, and an embarrassing Jets team for almost a decade. I don't know if I don't know if NFL fans realize all you have to do is win your division. If you win your division, you make it into the postseason. And oh, by the way, you host a playoff game. That's all. That's that's all the Patriots have had to do. So so and and so he plays in this horrible division in the AFC East and wins. And then he leaves there and he goes to another horrible division where he, the, the Bucks were horrible. They, they should not have made it to the postseason this year. The only reason they did is because Atlanta, Carolina, and the Saints were equally as horrible. So I just, I could sit here and I could go on for days and days why I don't believe Tom Brady is the GOAT. But nonetheless, I do believe he's a top five quarterback in the NFL. And here's where I'm going to spin this into gambling. You could wager that Tom Brady is going to come back and play for a team at some point in time at nine to one. So that's, 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 that's the line. That's the value that's out there right now. Will Tom Brady unretire at any point in time? You can get it at nine to one. Marinating that, my friends. Quick break. We come back. Anita Marks with you. This is uh, this is Bet LA here on seven ten ESPN LA. This is Bet LA with Anita Marks on seven ten ESPN. Made possible tonight by Tiza. Get more focus and energy in your daily life with Tiza nutrient pouches. Visit tizaenergy.com and make your mouth happy. Now more of Bet LA with Anita Marks on seven ten ESPN. Welcome back. Bet LA here. Anita Marks with you. <laughs> it's so funny, guys. I'm like, man, what am I going to do on Sunday? I'm like texting my friends like, hey, you want to go to brunch? Like it's so, right? Don't you guys feel like, what are you guys, maybe what are you doing Sunday? Hmm. I can't. It's going to be negative five degrees here. No. Stop rubbing it in, send you a dude. Picture? I can send you a picture. No, I don't want a picture. I'm just, uh, my, the point, stop upsetting me I'm the sorry. point i'm making is is just like like our lives change right yeah like my, I mean, like, we had we just my, had three like what am i gonna of... do monday night monday night thursday night sunday night, all day sunday and sunday night what am i gonna do i gotta i gotta get a hobby i don't know i gotta do i said something. three months it was four months we had four months of football four months what do you mean didn't we have four months of football? what do you mean four months did we not have four what? months? September, October, November, December, January. No, we're going on five months, five plus, if you include 
if you include preseason. Uh, that's true. I don't really include preseason, but yes, that's true. And then the Super Bowl. Yeah, that's a long time know. to have something, and then it's going to be a long anyway. time to not have it. Yep. Anyway, I gotta figure. I gotta find something to do. I think on you'll Sunday. be all right. I'm gonna, we'll I'm gonna lose my. I'm gonna lose my mind. Uh, NFL awards, by the way. Uh, NFL MVP odds. Once you know it, Jalen Hurts and Patrick Mahomes, they're up there. And, of course, they're uh, repping their teams as quarterbacks for the two teams that are uh, made it to the, the, the postseason. This is why I say this time and time again. I truly believe quarterback position is the most important position in all of professional sport. More important than a center, a point guard, a goalie, a forward, a starting pitcher, a closer, I'm trying, I'm, I'm trying to think about it in my head, but, um, you need a great quarterback. You just do. NFL offensive player of the year, Justin Jefferson. I do believe he wins it. And, and by the way, you you needed, you should have wagered on these like two months ago. Right now, these odds are, are not attractive, right? NFL defensive player of the year. Nick Bosa or uh, or Micah Parsons, guys. Who who would you vote for? Parsons, not close. Who do you think? Yeah, he's I just agree. he, right? He just he's. Can you believe? Can you believe the Giants? The Giants didn't. The Giants could have drafted him. The Giants traded. I think with Chicago, right? And allowed him to fall to the Dallas Cowboys. What were they thinking? Yeah, they're they're probably still upset about that. I would be ridiculous. Ridiculous, and, and then so they traded down. They drafted Kadarius Tony, who now is playing for the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, they don't even have him. <laughs> Sad. Oh my gosh, that's hysterical. Um, <laughs> NFL Offensive Rookie of the Year, uh, Garrett Wilson, Kenneth Walker. I know you're going to say Kenneth Walker, but let's be honest, Garrett. Garrett, let me tell you something. Garrett Wilson is a beast. If he had a legit quarterback, he would have won. Like hands, like in a, in a landslide. Yeah, yeah, you're saying nothing. Uh, NFL Defensive Rookie of the Year, Sauce Gardner. That's a no-brainer, right? Are we are we in agreement there? Here's here's the one. I know we only we have less than a minute in the show. NFL Comeback Player of the Year. I'm giving it to Saquon Barkley. I know Tyler, you want to give it to your boy Geno Smith. How can you not he, give it to Geno Smith? Because Saquon Barkley helped the Giants go to the go to the postseason. Geno Smith and, took and a they beat the Minnesota Vikings in the first got round. Got them over five hundred. He did I that. Hear, he I is him. On something back there. <laughs> you are so funny. Listen, I'm not saying that Geno's. How about this, Christian McCaffrey? That man's unreal. Yeah, I think I think Saquon and Geno Smith are both going to lose. And, and I think it's going to be given to Christian McCaffrey. Guys, thank you so much. Uh, <laughs> you guys are so fun. Stay tuned. Jeff Legwald joins us next. We'll find out the latest what's going on in Denver with the hire of Sean Payton next here on 710 ESPN LA. This is Ben LA with Anita Marks on 710 ESPN. Made possible tonight by Tiza. Get more focus and energy in your daily life with Tiza nutrient pouches. Visit TizaEnergy.com and make your mouth happy. Now more of Bet LA with Anita Marks on 710 ESPN. Welcome back to Bet LA here on 710 ESPN LA. Anita Marks with you and very dear friend of mine, Jeff Legwald. He does a phenomenal job covering the Denver Broncos for ESPN. Joins us now on Bet LA. Big news this week, Sean Payton for a minute there was being reported that he was going to go back to 
uh, Fox, and uh, we were going to see him every Sunday on Fox, getting us ready for our football Sundays. But wait a minute, hold up, not too fast. He decided to accept the offer and the job, and of course, more so the trade, right? Because Denver had to give up this year's first, next year's second, uh, in order to attain Sean Payton from the New Orleans Saints. And I'm sure they're paying him a boatload of money. So Jeff Legwald joining us now uh, to get the latest in regard to all that went down. And Jeff, how shocked were you? How surprised were you when you heard the news that Sean Payton was going to be the next head coach of the Denver Broncos? Well, you know, Anita, they exited their first round of interviews with three guys still in play. Uh, Danico Ryan, uh, Jim Harbaugh, and, and Sean Payton. And that's, that's what I kept hearing from everyone I, I speak to on this. And their issue was those guys were quality candidates for other people, too. And, and you know, the, the secret of a coaching search is the bigger swing you take, the, the more options those guys really have. So the Broncos were trying to keep or, or decide how each of these three guys uh, how in play were they at that moment? And, you know, they went to see Harbaugh in person uh, a week ago in Ann Arbor. Uh, he had had a Zoom interview in the first round, and they wanted to get in front of him to see, are you really interested or are you staying at Michigan? And while simultaneously trying to stay and keep options open with D'Amico Ryans and, and Peyton both, and uh, initially on the Peyton front, the, the Saints weren't coming down very much on the on the trade, and that I think has been a bigger part of this than than people want to say. That you know, for a while the Saints were talking privately to people that they they wanted the John Gruden deal, which was you know two ones two twos, and, and the Broncos weren't going to do that no matter how much they liked Sean Payton. So I think a combination of Harbaugh saying I'm I'm going to stay here or that, that, you know, your spot's not the best one for me. And D'Amico Ryan's reps told them they, they loved D'Amico Ryan's and, and Peyton together at one point were probably the, the top two. And Ryan's told, or Ryan's reps told the Broncos, I'm taking the second interview in Houston uh, before you. So they, you know, his wife is from Houston. Uh, he played there. Uh, Broncos thinking was he's we're likely not going to get a second shot at at D'Amico, so they they sort of went back to the Saints and said, "All right, is what's your what are your best and final offers here on the trade?" And when that started to get momentum, then Peyton became a reality, and ultimately a lot of deals were on the table, including uh, one that included next year's first rounder and this year's second rounder, but eventually they got to the deal the Broncos wanted, and that's why he's the coach. Well, I think it is the right decision, especially you know what, what Denver gave up to go and, and get Russell Wilson, and obviously Nathaniel Hackett, that, that relationship didn't work. And I do want to get into that in just a second because, you know, he did come to the Jets. And, and of course, we've got a lot of New York listeners here on the program as well. So let's shelf that for a second. But I I believe this is the right fit, you know, in talking to a number of coaches who've been a part of Sean Payton's coaching staff, um, many of them, uh, including Mike Westhoff, who's a very dear friend of mine, has said that there is no better teacher in the game than Sean Payton. And so I'm, I'm really excited to see what he's going to do with Russell Wilson 
and what this Denver offense is going to look like. Have, has has Russell Wilson commented on the hire of Sean Payton? Uh, not so much publicly. Um, you know, knowing Russell, I'm certain he has FaceTimed Sean Payton probably 12 times already. <laughs> uh, but uh, Russell did say, uh, you know, we, we talked to him at, after the season finale, and he went on and on about Sean Payton, called him a, you know, a wizard, uh, you know, one of the best ever. You know, he, he was enormously complimentary of Sean Payton, and that's before the team had interviewed anyone. So I, I don't think, you know, and, and a lot of folks, are, you know, football, from an X's and O's perspective, you know, you, you, you're going to look at it, and you're going to say, well, you, you know, the offense, you didn't, he ran with Drew Brees. It's not really something that would fit Russell Wilson. And uh, I just know so many people in coaching that would point to, you know, what Peyton did with Jameis Winston at quarterback, what he did with Teddy Bridgewater at quarterback, what he did with Taysom Hill in, mm-hmm. in the games he had to start at quarterback to, to show his variety. And I know many people in coaching that say Sean Peyton has this enormous library of video from offenses he likes. And one of the biggest, I've been told this, I, I'm, I want to ask Sean himself when I, when I get in front of him here in the next few days, but uh, I have been told he has a, a huge part of this video library is, is Mike Shanahan's Broncos offense, uh, which would be a very good fit for Russell Wilson and is something, you know, Kyle Shanahan runs and, you know, Matt LaFleur runs a version of it. And, you know, Kevin O'Connell runs a version of it. All the guys who worked with Mike or Kyle run a version of it. And uh, so I'm interested to know, but I I say that because it's people in coaching say that Sean Payton has studied uh, offenses a great deal that would fit Russell Wilson. So I I don't think there's going to be any schematic issues there. It's just going to be, you know, the nuts and bolts, getting him to work on decision-making and, and timing and, and frankly, fitting personnel uh, to who's available better than they did, you know, this past season. Again, Jeff Legwald joining us here on ESPN does a phenomenal job covering the Denver Broncos with the big news of the hire of Sean Payton, giving up uh, next year's first round, 2024 second rounds. And so with that being said, I'm, I'm looking at the odds 30 to one for the Denver Broncos to win the Super Bowl next year. Now we, we saw this offense play a lot better the last two weeks of the season. How, how good it, let's just say hypothetically speaking, Jeff, Sean gets this offense working better and, and we go back to what we know and, and the vintage Russell Wilson, you know, defense offense in that division, very competitive as we know what, 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 what Denver Broncos team, what are we looking at next year? What are your expectations? You know, they should be better. You know, they need a little luck. They know next year, because of the Wilson trade and now the trade for Sean Payton, they know they're going to have to grit their teeth a little bit this year. In April, free agency, they're middle of the pack in cap room. You know, they don't pick until the third round of the draft now. They know they're going to have to grit their teeth this year. And so they'll need some luck. You know, they finished this past season with 22 guys on IR in the last, you know, when the season and the last game of the season, they had 22 players on injured reserve. So they need better luck than that because they're, 
their depth will be an issue. But if their frontline players play a majority of the games, uh, they can win. Uh, they do have some youth, good young players, but they need luck this time because depth will take a hit this year. They, they know that. You know, 2024 may be the first real year of flourishing because they'll, they'll be back uh, sort of full strength behind the scenes. You know, this year they're going to have to get creative and, and create some cap room by giving guys some checks to create, you know, base salary and the signing bonus of, of guys that are going to be around here so they don't get in cap trouble. But they have to spend a little money and grit their teeth this year and hope for some good luck. And if, and if they have better injury luck this year than they did uh, – you know, in this past season, they, they can win some games. Now, you know, why a lot of people in the league think D'Amico Ryans took the Texans job beyond the family considerations and that he played there is that, frankly, the division's a lot easier. Patrick Mahomes is 27 years old, and that's, that's a tough prospect to wrestle with if you're in the AFC West. Um, let's turn our attention to Nathaniel Hackett. He leaves Denver. He gets hired by the Jets. I'll use the word shocked. I was shocked. I just, I don't know too many careers in life where you fail miserably at one job and then you get hired by another that only has 32 positions of that profession open. Um, I don't quite understand it. Many feel that the hire was to try to lure uh, Aaron Rodgers, who hasn't decided whether or not he's going to play this coming NFL season, um, to New York. Uh, your your thoughts on the hire with Nathaniel Hackett coming to the Jets, Jeff? Yeah, I mean, I, I initially after, you know, uh, you know, he has a lot of friends on the Broncos staff, some of his closest friends, and after he was fired, you know, a lot of them were upset here, and they thought he may take a little time, but uh, he took a family vacation and apparently came back ready to uh, to get back into the league as quickly as he could. You know, they. They were last in points in the league here and last on third down. And I think they had 12 games this season. They scored 16 or fewer. With And Russell Wilson threw a career-low touchdown passes. So uh, he must have somehow dealt with all that by saying, you know, he, he didn't get the personnel he wanted or things weren't done the way he wanted. I, I don't know. I just know that uh, I, I will say when I when – I, reviewed all the game video from the year again and, and went through my charting. There were guys open a lot. Schematically, there are receivers open, but uh, personnel, the, the guys available that week didn't fit the game plan enough of the time. They, he, he really tried to force the issue as to how they wanted to play, particularly when they, uh, they stayed in three wide when they didn't have receivers or the linemen to do it because of injuries and they wouldn't waver from it, you know, and they ended up leading the league in sacks allowed and Wilson's play deteriorated the more he got hit. And, uh, you know, he started to hold the ball. All the things I believe or much of what went wrong was because he would not adjust enough. Uh, and I think he was determined in his first time as a head coach to, to show what he could do. And, and that'll be his challenge. He's got to fit the personnel into what he's doing better than he did here this past season. And, and he's done it in, in previous stops, but that'll be his challenge because that's what happened here. And if he 
you know, my personal opinion is if he goes into all that trying to prove a point, uh, he'll get in the same trap he got into here because the last two games of the year, they fit who who they had available with what they were doing much better, and they had two of their four highest scoring games of the season after Nathaniel was was fired here. Yeah, I, I'm 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 really perplexed, and uh, you know, with just th- with that being said, before I let you go, again, uh, reports out of or not reports, but what we're hearing out of the Jets is that they are not moving forward with Zach Wilson. Um, I'm sure they're hoping they get Aaron Rodgers. There's also Derek Carr. There's Jimmy Garoppolo. Based on what you know and the offense that Nathaniel Hackett operates in, because you know he is one of those quarterback, he's one of those coordinators. It's, it's this is my offense, this is how I'm going to run it, and so he needs a quarterback that can best best play in that offense. Is there a quarterback out there available in free agency that you think would fit it best outside of Aaron Rodgers? We know Aaron Rodgers fits it best, but outside of Aaron, is there somebody else you think that could 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 run it well? Well, after what I saw here and what was needed, I. Uh, Derek Carr moves the ball quickly, and I think I think that that would be something that could have some success. Uh, just because he gets the ball out uh, quick enough, it's just here again that the, the routes often didn't match the situation in the game. They, they had several third and eights and third and nine, and they they would have no receiver at the sticks. It would be like two verticals and a and a hot route and nobody at the sticks and the quarterback really had no choice other than to force the ball into shell coverage down the field or, or take a five yard completion on third and eight. And that's the kind of stuff that it won't matter who the quarterback is. If he, if he doesn't do better with that and whether that was, this is my first time as a head coach and I want to, I want to make this work the way I want it to look or, you know, for whatever reason, it just, it, those are the types of things he's he's got to get, and, and I think if he'll if he'll do those things, I think Carr is a good fit just because of his ability to move the ball and and uh, he has mobility when he needs it. I want to thank Jeff Legwald for joining us here on Seven Ten ESPN LA. Great insight, not just of course with what's going on with Sean Payton, but what the expectations are as well for the Jets and their motivational factor for hiring Nathaniel Hackett, which I think is just insane. Uh, but nonetheless, as I shared with uh, with Jeff, the Denver Broncos, 30-1. to 1, Those are the odds right now for them to win next year's Super Bowl. I think that's really far-fetched, especially the way that Jeff broke it down in regard to how strapped they are with their no really, not a lot of draft capital uh, and uh, in salary cap space. But I, I am intrigued to see what happens when the win totals get released. Because based on the conversation we just had with Jeff and uh, in my immense respect for Sean Payton, I would be leaning towards the over if it falls somewhere around six and a half, seven and a half. I would lean on the over. We'll see what happens. But um, but it's been a great show. We've we've got you locked and loaded, even though football season's coming to an end. And, and of course, no NFL this week uh, because we've got two week, that two week break prior to the Super Bowl. But getting you ready for a number of things, uh, a look ahead to the Super Bowl, obviously, tonight. Pebble Beach, which kicks off uh, tomorrow morning. Uh, so get ready for that. Uh, Andre Snellings joined us for some NBA action, getting you ready for the Friday NBA slate. 
or, or I should say the Thursday NBA slate. Also, um, Puck Daddy with some NFL futures is, of course, we've got the NHL All-Star uh, festivities, we should call them, right? Happening right now. So jam-packed show, lots of guests, a lot of fun. Tyler and Brian, thank you so much for producing. Really do appreciate you two gentlemen. Uh, everybody, thank you so much for tuning in to Bet LA here on 710 ESPN LA.